So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. All right, everybody. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. All our fellow freedom fighters out there, I am so excited to have Larry on here. Larry has a ton of experience in real estate, and two, he specifically has experience in areas that I think are super important that I have not been a part of. So I brought Larry in to kind of really share with you some of these avenues of real estate that either people have heard of, but they haven't dove into, that are just can be incredible ways for the average person to really get started accumulating wealth, income, and developing a real estate portfolio. Larry's been a real estate investor for over 30 years. He's an active investor right now, and he runs a nonprofit. He's the host of Bragg Radio Network. I mean, Larry's done a lot of things. I really want to jump in. And Larry, to start in, I don't like to spoil things. I do like to give a little glimpse here, but why don't you tell our listeners and, and our viewers to a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, I'll be glad to. I did my very first deal in 1986, I believe it was, over 30 years ago. Just to let you know, it was an FHA non-qualifying assumable loan. They stopped this in loans after, I think, 1978. But you could take over an FHA loan and they would, they would just let you assume that loan with no qualification. They didn't even care about your credit or anything. That was my very first deal. And I've gone on to do probably close to 1,000 deals. Right now, we probably do seven to 10 deals a month. We primarily day trade real estate, buy and sell houses the same day. It's pretty much the same thing as wholesaling, but we got a few twists on it. So I've done deals in 12 different states, right from my office, right here in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, which is right across the state line from Charlotte, North Carolina. I've literally done, I've done wholesaling, fix and flips, retailing, lease options, subject to, short sales. I've used private money. I've loaned private money. I've got a hard money lending business right now. I've done commercial, multifamily, own mobile home parks, small parks, and I've done triple net lease properties and owned properties like Dollar General stores and Shoney's restaurants. So uh, I've done just about everything. Now, where is the areas that you're investing in? Is there a geographic area or is it all over? Well, I'm a firm believer in go where the deals are because there's so many people that are trying to wholesale properties or trying to fix and flip properties in really, really hot markets. And I'm a firm believer in just go where the deals are. So I'm fortunate. I'm in the Carolinas and most of my deals come from about seven different counties outside of Charlotte. In fact, I have this thing I do called small town profits. I'm in the Charlotte MSA, Charlotte, North Carolina MSA. I go about two counties out all around and that's where I market to find deals. And, and it's amazing that there's not a lot of competition out there. And a lot of people get worried about, oh, it's rural properties. Well, it's not really rural and there aren't as many buyers, but you only need one per house. So it's not a big deal. This gets me excited, first of all, because of your experience and what you're talking about. I love, first of all, go where the deals are. And that's our motto too. Markets change and the different markets can vary dramatically. One of the things I want, I, so I've heard that you are like the original virtual investor. And for a lot of people out there, especially our freedom fighters out there that are trying to get financial freedom, there are listeners, there are followers. Could you explain to them what is this 
virtual investing. I wrote a book on it called Getting Started in Real Estate Day Trading, How to Buy and Sell Houses the Same Day Using the Internet, right? And I first came out with it in 2009. I've done an update recently, but it was all about buying and selling houses and never even looking at them. And I really kind of stumbled into it. It blew me away because I had this lady call me and she called me from, she was passing through and saw one of my signs, right? And the house was about four hours away from me, okay? This was way back. This was about 15 years ago. So she calls me. I got to talking to her about the property and I made her a ridiculously low offer of $2,500. I mean, can you believe she didn't hang up on me? But that's one of the things I teach people how to do is make ridiculous low offers and not only have them not hang up on you, but leave the door open to call them back or them to call you back. So about a week later, she calls me back and she says, Larry, I need some money and I need it quick. If you could give me $3,000, I'll take it if I can have it by next Friday. So here's what I did. This was way back. I mean, we weren't really using smartphones and digital pictures. I got one of those. You remember those disposable cameras you would buy at CVS or Walgreens? Yeah. I sent that to her, right? I mean, she was passing through town and happened to see one of my signs. So I sent that to her. She took pictures of it. She sent it back to me. I had to go to Walgreens to get the film developed, right? So I looked at it and I called her back and I said, okay, I'll take it. I said, here's my attorney's information. Just go over there, sign the papers and they'll give you your money, right? So I'm thinking, okay, now I have this house four hours away from me. What am I going to do with it, right? So I started reaching out to local realtors. I said, look, I'll sell this house and I'll sell it for $15,000 and I'll pay a $3,000 real estate commission. I'm thinking, okay, that's the same as either the buy side commission or sell side commission on a $100,000 house, right? So I was gonna net 12. So I, I sent an email out to a bunch of local realtors. One realtor emailed me back, he said, I know the house, I know the neighborhood. He said, I'll just give you $12,000 and buy it myself. So a few days later, I get closing statement in the mail with the return FedEx. I FedExed it back. The next day, I get a check for $12,000 in FedEx. I'm thinking, wait a minute. I just bought and sold this house, never met the seller, never been to the property, never met the buyer, never went to the closing. I did all my business. Now, this was way back. I did all my business, phone, fax, FedEx, email, and internet. I'm like, I got to figure out how to do this again. And fortunately, technology has changed now to where it's much, much easier to do. But back when I was doing it, it wasn't easy to do. In fact, I was doing virtual investing before anybody even thought about calling it virtual investing. But we went on to do it and we've done deals in 12 different states right from here in our office in Lake Wiley, South Carolina. You're talking about this virtual investing. You're talking about buying properties and selling them without ever seeing stuff like that. What are the tools though that you need? So somebody listening to this, they hear your process back then, but what are the tools that you use today and how do you accomplish that today? Oh my gosh, it's so much easier today, right? I mean, the first thing you got to do is make the phone ring. You got to make the phone ring. You got to find sellers. So we get on the phone, with, which by the way, listen, I buy all my properties over the phone. Even after the fact, I don't go look at them. Now I'll send somebody out to look at it. But some of the tools we use when the phone rings, our seller leads, they have tracking numbers and they go directly into Podio. And it creates a task for our lead manager to assign it out. 
she signs, assigns it out to an acquisition person. They really are acquisition people, but they qualify the leads, separate the suspects from the prospects, and then turn it over to me, and I close them over the phone. So they're going to get online. They're going to drive the street on Google Maps and Bing. And the reason you want to you wanna try to drive the street on Google and Bing, maybe Google hasn't updated their map or their street view since 2012. Maybe Bing updated it in 2019. But also, the problem is sometimes it won't show up at all on Google. Maybe Google did not even drive the street, but Bing did. So that's another really good key point right there. But then we pull comps, we go to Zillow. Zillow is free, come on. We don't look at the Zestimate. We look at the sold comps, okay? We just scroll down, click on the map, and zoom out and look at the sold comps. And that's our comps right there. And we use that. We back out the, the repairs. We back out what we want to make, and we make them a cash offer right over the phone. How do you estimate the repairs? What we do is we, we have a very detailed description. It starts out like this. So let's talk about the inside of the property. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being tip-top shape, doesn't need anything, tell me about the interior. What number would you give it? Well, i give it a 6, okay? Well, let me ask you a question. Let's talk about the kitchen. When was the last time the kitchen was updated? You know, what kind of countertops? What kind of cabinets? What does it look like? What's the floor? Walk through with the seller. We do. Trying to find all the main hits, like you're talking, like plumbing issues or anything else like that that there may be. Exactly. And so we're walking through that property. When was the last time the HVAC was updated? Does it have central air? Is it a gas pack? Is it electric? You know, when's the last time the roof was replaced? Just different things like that. And then we can kind of estimate what those repairs are. And I got to tell you, a lot of people think, man, how in the world do you do this? Because you don't know if it's going to be ten dollars or $15,000 or $20,000 in repairs. Let me tell you something. We buy very, very hard, okay? What I mean by that is our average wholesale profit on a deal that all we're doing is flipping the contract is $18,000. We do some that are ten, dollars but we do a lot that are twenty, twenty-five, thirty, dollars dollars and $40,000 as well. So, we do make low offers and we negotiate with them. And you don't, you're not going to buy every one of them on the first phone call, but we probably get one every couple of weeks on the very first phone call. So once we get them to agree over the phone that, yes, I'll take it, we want to get them to sign that contract within two hours. I'm either going to do one of several things. If they have an email address, and in small town USA, not everybody has an email, believe it or not. But if they do, I'm going to send it to them via DocuSign or something like that. We actually use right signature. So if they don't have an email address, I've got a mobile notary service that I don't care if the house is in South Carolina, but they live in Dubuque, Iowa or Anchorage, Alaska. I can have a mobile notary. Now, the contracts don't have to be notarized, but I can have somebody at their house for the sole purpose of getting the contract signed within two hours of getting off the phone with them. Is that cool or what? That is way cool. This is a very interesting world to me because it's an avenue, once again, as I mentioned before, real estate that I've never been to, but it has a definite parallel between my strategy towards financial freedom as well as yours. For listeners that are listening, Larry's running a, a business here, right? And you're able to use real estate to perpetuate this cash flow that you have and you're able to then, my avenue, for example, and reinvesting it in, that was insurance. And I took our profits and reinvested it. 
Now you talked about, are you taking those profits and are you reinvesting those back into real estate? Or are you simply returning it into your business? How does that operate for you internally and financially to achieve kind of your goals? That's a great, great question. We do multiple things. Number one, we're hard money lenders. We loan, do hard money loans in North and South Carolina, all over the state. We used to, years ago, we would have other people, we would loan other people's money and we would just get the points and they would get the interest. Fortunately, we're in a position now where we just loan out our own money. So we don't have to worry about working with any other investors doing that. We also, we invest in some syndication sometimes, people like doing like what you're doing, whether it be self-storage or multifamily or things like that, because we need the tax benefits. And then we also do seller finance deals. I have this little model I call Filthy Riches, where you can buy a house for 10 grand, turn around and sell it for 30 with owner financing, and you get a couple of thousand dollars down and you get five or $600 a month. So you're making high double and triple digit returns on your money. Now, yes, it is a little bit more management intensive on the lower price stuff, but when you're making high double and triple digit returns, you could give away every other house and still do very well. When you talk about this, I think the average listener, you hear about your systems and stuff, but from what I understand, a lot of different strategies that I hear to me are overwhelming, that the practical average person, they may say, listen, I can't really... This, from the sounds of it, though, is really manageable. If you're trying to do a deal a month or two deals a month for a person that is working, how reasonable is it for them to do this as a side hustle, for them to do this as a part-time thing from their job? Well, we do have a lot of students, and I, you know, I've written a few books, and we, and we teach this stuff as well. But I have students that have started out with a $500 to $1,000 a month budget and get their marketing going and get their phone ringing. And then, uh, you know, they'll do one or two deals a month, something like that. Now you gotta commit to 90 days because you're not gonna get a whole lot of results at a $500 or $1,000 budget in 30 days, right? But you've gotta commit to 90 days. If you do that and you're even decent on the phone, you can pick up deals. The other thing that I love about small towns, small towns are very forgiving. If you're in a big city, like I'm in Charlotte, the Charlotte MSA, there's like two or three meetups every single week. There's two or three RIA groups, and there's hundreds of investors in Charlotte all fighting for the same deals, right? Absolutely. So and the sellers know that. If you would go to a seller's house, you know, you go in there and they got a stack of postcards this high sitting on the kitchen table, right? I'm in small town USA. I don't have that. If you're starting out and you're trying to compete in the big MSA, you got to compete against the big boys that have follow-up campaigns that do RVM, text broadcasting, voice broadcasting, and texting and everything. You, you've got to compete against those guys. You got to have follow-up campaigns. In small town USA, it's much more forgiving. You don't need to be a hardcore closer. Really, people in small towns, they do business with people they like and trust even more than everybody else. I could not agree with you more. We got started that way too in small towns in rural Idaho, Washington, and Oregon. And we were buying smaller properties and we were buying properties for 12 caps. And these are commercial deals that right. we're picking up for 600,000. We're putting 100,000 into them, you know. But then the cash flow that came from them allowed us to reinvest, allowed us to buy more properties. And like you said, they're forgiving. <laughs> 
the difference of buying a 12 cap from a six cap as far as cash flow goes, people say, well, there may be more risk because markets can change in small towns. But I go, but my cash flows are so high and the prices that you're buying at them, it really does lower those risks. I, I could not agree more with you. And one of the things that we focused on when we were starting out is knowing where we could compete and where we couldn't. For those listeners that are looking to get started, moving towards a small town, and I don't care if you live in LA or where you live, do like your strategy that you're talking about now, you can go to small towns all over the country without having to drive to them. You now have access in ways that you never did before. Exactly. I mean, even people say, well, if I live in San Diego and I've got a deal outside of Birmingham, Alabama, how am I going to get somebody to go take pictures of it? Well, there's two different sources, wegolook.com and bpophotoflow.com. Either one of them for about 35 to 50 bucks will go out, go in the house and take 40, 50 pictures and email them to you, right? So it's like you're there and, and we have detailed description of everything. We want a picture of the outside of the house, a street view both ways. We want every room, any repair areas, all mechanical items, all four sides of the house, any outbuildings. So we're going to see exactly what the whole house and yard looks like, right? And that's all you need. These properties, do you always sell them? And if not, or if so, why? Why, why have you chosen that strategy? I don't have any rentals. I hate rentals. I hate tenants. Well, that's not true. I have tenants. My tenants are commercial tenants, right? Like yeah. I own the building that we're in right here. I, I lease out a lot of office space. We occupy about 25% of the building and I lease out the rest of it. But I hate tenants. There's three things about real estate I hate. Tenants, rehabs, and short sales. I don't do any rehabs. I don't do tenants and I don't do short sales. Outside of that, I love real estate. I do have cash flow properties, but they're what I call homeowners in training. So I'm either going to do a lease option or a seller finance and I'm going to get them to put two, three, five, ten thousand $10,000 down and then they're going to make payments to me and it's either rent to own or seller financing. I love that right there. I want to talk to you real quick. You touched on this briefly. You talked something about this filthy riches, I think it was, and there's a filthy riches model. What is that? And what is this a process that you've developed? It is. Filthy riches is a model that I call how to make more money on a rundown five or $10,000 house than most people make on a $100,000 house. So, it all started when I was doing small deals in small towns and I was picking up houses for five grand and I would turn around and sell them for 29.9. I would get a couple thousand dollars down. I'd have 3000 in it. My payment would be 354.69 a month. That's over a hundred percent return. It's about 118% return on my money. And the best thing they could do is walk away, right? The best thing they can do is walk away. So I started doing it with those properties, and then I started buying a little more expensive properties, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. But the whole model is on the lower price stuff, you wanna be able to sell it for three to six times what you have in it. But I've also done it on higher price stuff, like 30, 40, 50,000, and we wanna sell those for about two and a half to three times what we paid for it. Now you're finding those deals the same way that you described. Oh yeah, absolutely. But right now, in the market we're in right now, I'm a firm believer in sell everything unless it's in my IRA, ESA, or HSA. If it's in my IRA, ESA, or HSA, I'll sell or finance it or rent to own it. But outside of that, 
I'm selling everything. I've got a motto right now. It's called stash cash for the crash. <laughs> I like that. Now you're still buying though. You're just selling it as quick as possible, correct? Right. Okay. This makes a lot of people nervous. And I really want to get your perspective on this because I completely understand why this makes people nervous as you just pointed on and what we're seeing. We're obviously at the top of a market. Who right. knows how long the top of this market will last, right? It could be five years. I don't know. Nobody knows. So how do you protect yourself for that downturn? And on the houses you're buying in these small rural markets, these lower price markets, how do those market fluctuations affect you? You know, that's probably the best question of the day right there. If I was buying 150, 200, $300,000 houses, markets go up, markets go down, right? I mean, we've all seen a $300,000 house that you can pick up at a down market for 175,000, right? Yeah. Think about this. A $30,000 house is pretty much always going to be a $30,000 house. It doesn't fluctuate. Maybe a little bit, maybe not even a little bit. It's just, it might just take a little bit longer to sell. But think about it. I'm buying houses for 10. I'm selling them for 20. I'm buying houses for 15. I'm selling them for 30. Picking up houses for 20. I'm selling them for 40. When the market goes down, I'll pick up that same house for 7,500 and I'll sell it for 15,000. You know, I'll pick up the $15,000 house for maybe 12, five, you know, and I'll sell it for 20, 25, something like that. So the lower price markets, they don't really fluctuate. Think about it. I'll get people that want to sell me a house for 50,000 and they end up selling it to me for 20,000. I mean, now, how does that work? Talk, that's a 60% discount. Yeah. 60, you can't get, you can't buy a $300,000 house no. or a $500,000 house for 200. You can't do it. But you're right? saying there's just way more negotiation room for you to work with that seller. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying a deal right now. Right now. We negotiated the deal down to $12,000. It's rented out. It's got a tenant in it. It's not paying much. Like I think it's close to $300 a month. It's not much at all but it's got a tenant in it. So it's livable, right? Yeah. So we went out and looked at it and I called the guy back this morning and I renegotiated the deal down to $3,000 from 12 to three. I mean, that's just crazy. Everyone that knows the real estate market understands that, you know, if you went to buy a house, because the economics of real estate to me are very interesting. Why probably like you, my cash flow is secured in commercial real estate. The reason being for me, is I can annualize it and the value of those assets are determined on cash flow. So if I know that I can protect stabilized cash flows, values don't change. When you talk about a $300,000 house though, that value is purely made up of what people want it for. So I'm living in the house, I'm going to buy it, right? The only other model that I think one could say is replacement cost. But as we saw just 10 years ago, replacement costs don't matter. So when you're looking at these houses that you're buying, you're buying everything under replacement cost. And two, you're buying, that secures you very, very greatly. Whether you want to hold on to it and rent it and wait till you could sell it to another time price, there's just a lot of security in that. And you're not as worried about, or it's not as secured in different types of market settings. I really, really like that model a lot. Now, are you using your own cash to do these or are you syndicating funds? How do you finance? How, do, how does the money work? Well, that's the best part. 
if I'm buying and selling the deal the same day, I don't need any money. If I needed money, I could use transactional funding. They'll charge a couple of points, but some of them are assignments. The smaller deals, we do assignments, but most of them we have to double close only because if you're making $30,000 on a house, like we did a deal two weeks ago, we picked up this house for 15,000. We wholesaled it for 49.9 and we didn't touch it. Now, if we're making $35,000 on that deal, we can't do an assignment, right? My seller and buyer are gonna freak out. So I had to physically buy it, close on it, and then turn around and resell it. Now, if you don't have the $15,000 to do that, then all you have to do is use a transactional funding lender. Any good investor-friendly attorney or title company probably already has a list of them to help close their deals. If not, just Google transaction funding in Cleveland, Ohio, or wherever you are. It's not a big deal at all. So yeah, that's what we do. We fund our own deals and we're just buy, sell, buy, sell. I mean, we get the money back the very next day. So it's not a big deal at all. You're hearing about this process, which is just so interesting to me. It's awesome. The question that I think a lot of our listeners and everybody have is, how can I learn? Obviously, you're explaining a lot, but there's more detail and stuff. How can they learn how to execute on this? Do you have any resources that they can find or provide that will actually show them more of the steps on how to find, how to buy, who to call, how to analyze, which I think would be more of a big one too, repairs, maintenance. So you make sure you don't get a dud, so to speak. Right, right. Do you have anything that you know they can go to to figure out more about this, this process that you're working on? Sure, absolutely. In fact, you know, we had a lot of people inquire. So we put together what I call the investor's kit. And it'll include a copy of my book, Getting Started in Real Estate Day Trading. It'll be the digital version, but there's also audio version on Audible and and you can buy it on Amazon if you want the physical copy. It's also available wherever books are sold. But the book, Getting Started in Real Estate Day Trading, I've got a, a recording of a webinar that I did about the filthy riches model that shows how we earn triple digit returns on our money on these little low priced houses, as well as some other things. And they can get a copy of that if they want to call 877-LARRY-GO, 877-LARRY-GO. And they'll talk to Zenobia. She's in my office right down the hall. She'll answer the phone. If not, she'll call you right back, but you can talk to her and just give her your information and she'll send you the investor's kit, which will include the book, Getting Started in Real Estate Day Trading. Yeah, she'll get that out to you. Once again, thank you so much. This has just been tons of information and interesting way to approach it. I love it. I think people reading this that don't know how to get started, this is a wonderful avenue to get started and and either whether it's a side hustle or getting started in real estate. And two, there's so much different ways you could go with this information and just how to find deals that can be applied to all sorts of real estate avenues. Mm. But before we have you go here, before we we let you go, our time's almost up, I want to know here, what is the advice that you give somebody that's waiting to take that first step, that's trying to get into this world and doesn't even have a path yet, but is wanting to get moving? What's the advice that you would give them? Well, the first thing you got to do is decide, do I need cash now or cash flow? If you're working a job, you want to try to get out of debt, You want to try to get into real estate, but you don't need $500 a month. What you need is a $5,000 check deposited in your account. So that's cash now. So then you want to go for the real estate day trading model, the wholesaling model, right? And the book will show you how to do it. I don't hold anything back. I get resources and links and everything in there. So it show you scripts and everything. But if you're looking for cash flow, 
The filthy riches model is really good. It is going to be more active than passive. I know there's people out there that all they want to do is write a check. Well, if you're just going to write a check, then, you know, invest in some syndications, invest in some with some other people that know what they're doing. But if you don't mind being a little active, right, then do the filthy riches model because you can make huge returns and it's huge cash flow. But you mentioned something when you said this, you know, for those that are thinking about, you know, that are waiting to see what, you know, are trying to decide, stop waiting, stop thinking about it, stop trying to decide and just move forward and do it. You've got to take action. So many people, they watch podcasts, they watch YouTube videos, they even buy courses, buy books, go to RIA meetings, but they never make a single offer. Well, if you never make an offer, you got zero chance of buying any real estate, right? And the other thing is, so many people are afraid to make offers because their biggest fear is, what if they say yes, now what do I do, right? That's why you gotta latch on to somebody that you feel comfortable with and, and listen to what they're doing. Now, don't be a follower. Don't just follow me. Don't just follow anybody else. Be a student. You know, listen to this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, and then come to your own conclusion and create your own systems and processes and procedures. Because, listen, there's no new fundamentals. Real estate fundamentals are the same. And the quickest path, the quickest shortcut to success in real estate is the day you realize there is no shortcut. Okay. The quicker you can realize that, the more successful you're going to be. Don't you agree? I could not agree more. That is just such wonderful advice. First of all, there's no shortcut in life. Just get that that thinking. You just got to get get rid of it. Just doesn't matter. Got to make sacrifices, and you got to start moving because momentum is caused by you. Nobody else. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to get going. And I think, you know, what you're talking about here too, Larry, is just so pivotal for, for people. Information is only as good as the action that you take. And it comes right. to freedom, everything that we do, you have to take action. And I understand that that is, you're right, that can be the scariest part for most people. But finding those people that you can surround yourself with to not only get information, but to, when you do get the deal, you could reach out to. That has been key to my success and probably most people's success is, like you said, you know, you got, you're going to do a deal or when I pick up the phone, call somebody, Hey, I, I need my attorney. I got a call. Having those people ready to move. Well, that, that makes you comfortable to get that deal done, to do right. the deal. Because you know, if I got a question, I know who to call. I know that once the deal falls on my lap, I can turn and I have the resources to pull. Um, it's not just about being prepared, but it's being ready to take the next step. Exactly. So, now that that's fabulous. Hey, Larry, thank you so much for having on. I appreciate it. The viewers, this is wonderful, wonderful content. I know they're going to love it. Where can people find you? Where should they go to, to reach out to you? Where would you guide them? My main website is LarryGoins.com. A lot of free information and training there. You can follow me on Facebook. Follow me on YouTube. There's FilthyRiches.com, which they can watch a webinar there. Or just call the 877-LARRY-GO and get a copy of the book, Getting Started in Real Estate Day Trading. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Larry. And for all our freedom fighters, I hope that you reach out and look and learn more about what Larry's doing. It's been, he's been very, very successful at it and he's got some great stuff going on. So thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.